2: Mike Mulligan, David Haw. I know we'll make our picks on Friday morning, but I'm more worried about the 49ers than I am the Ravens. I do think the Lions are dangerous.
0: What are we? What makes us what we are and what we're going to be? It's our core foundation, man, grit. And what does it mean? Really, like to me, it means we'll play anywhere. We'll play on grass. We'll play in turf. We'll go to a f- landfill. It doesn't matter.
1: I think it's going to be... Um, cool to see the lions in the nfc championship game with a chance to get to their first super bowl is it okay for a real bears fan to cheer for a different team from the nfc north is it okay to cheer for the lions
2: i will say this i i did grow up a bears fan and, and the fact that we helped the bears a little bit just makes me a little happier so
0: Dumb uh, Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score.
1: Y'all are so funny. You can't make this up, man. Y'all are so funny. And I'm telling you, but even when y'all funny, you make some good points. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Yeah, you can be a Lions fan this weekend. You're allowed. If you like the story, jump on board. You want them to play in a landfill? They're willing to do it. I I, I don't know how you don't like the charm of uh, of Dan Campbell or an Aaron Glenn kind of having some fun with it yesterday. I think it's great stuff. I think it's the hype is uh, is already out there for the uh, NFL as it is every week.
2: Morning, Molly. Yes, Happy Friday, and the Lions just let it all hang out. They just don't have any pretense. They don't have any airs about them, and they're an easy team, the easiest team left to root for because it is the best story. They've come the longest way, mm-hmm. and if they get to the Super Bowl for the first time ever, ever, I, it would be tremendous for the city of Detroit, great for Lions fans, and it would be impossible unless you just have something against the Lions instinctively, like inherently, uh, but how could you not root for that?
1: Oh, I think it's going to be uh, a fun story. I, I don't know if it doesn't die on the vine this week, and we'll get into all that talk, but um, it's been a lot of laughs. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. They're um, certainly attracting a lot of attention sure. because of the way they are and, well- and the, the kind of down-home element of it. You know, Detroit needs a break. I'm talking about the town. It could
2: use a a, a lift me up. A morale boost. The one thing you worry about a little bit, if you are hoping for this story to continue at the Super Bowl, is that Dan Campbell alluding to the fact this week about how big this moment really is and how things have changed. And this, boy, I don't recognize some faces in this room. And you wonder if the moment is becoming too big for them. You wonder if, even though if he's been through situations like this as a player, how his team, how his staff, how he will react to all of the hype and how big this has become. Because if it phases you, if you notice it or acknowledge it, you wonder how it's going to affect you. You know, the
1: reality of the NFL is you have your kind of blue blood programs that you expect to be doing well every year. And then you have teams that will have a window. And you don't know how long it's open. And you don't know that, well, if we'll build on this next year. And next year, they, you know, somebody, one of them, and it might have been Amon Ra St. Brown, said something along the lines of, um, you know, we started playing well at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. I don't know how long it lasts. I th- I'm not saying they're not built to last and they don't have a good team, but that's the reality when you kind of pop up on the radar and, um, and you really haven't been there before. You've got
2: to sustain it. You've got to find a way to sustain that's it. That's the challenge. I think that's, that's uh, harder to do if it appears like you went out and you put this team together via free agency and trades and maybe got a little luck along the way. And maybe the Lions will be an example of, of you know, this is fluky. I don't think it is. I think the way they have drafted puts them in a position to be good for a pretty long time it, by NFL standards. You well, know? But that's what I'm saying. Like,
1: the, you know, do you agree that the Buffalo Bills have been pretty good for yes, a, a pretty long time? I do. But they have nothing to show for it. They Not- have yeah.
2: disappointment to show for well they, they have the misfortune of being good for a pretty long time at the while same another time another team is great Patrick Mahomes is having his Jordanesque uh moment exactly <laughs> over in Kansas City exactly. the the Lions don't really have that misfortune because they have teams that are consistently good like the 49ers like the Eagles but who is that Patrick Mahomes in the NFC he left town when Aaron Rodgers got aged out of Green Bay, went to the Jets. I mean, he was that guy, right? Tom Brady showed up for a few years in Tampa. He was that guy. But when you look at the Lions and their position and context in the NFC, it's there for the taking for a while. If they want to stick around, I don't think that there's anybody you look at and say, well, that's not going to happen because right. that guy's in the way. Right. And Which it gives them a chance to be, you know, you don't like to hear this or embrace this in Chicago, But the Lions could be there for a while because, because of the relative parity in the NFC. Yes, the AFC is much better. They have got the quarterbacks. You know, three of the top five guys we listed yesterday are all in the other conference. Yeah, four of them. Right. Stroud, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, (laughs) and uh, you, you look at and it's it's just it's just a disparity at the quarterback position makes you feel like the lions aren't going anywhere. You
1: know, it it is a fascinating, um, it's a fascinating story. It's, you know, when you talk about Michael Jordan and you try to compare someone to Jordan, the fact is that Pat Riley recognized it fairly early that that guy's going to win a title for as long as he plays. And he ended up with six of them. And when you have someone, that good and that dominant you you look at that era and you see it littered with guys that did everything but win a title you know charles barkley has become this this huge figure in basketball in um in the news i mean he just is commenting on everything and he's got an honesty to him that is so refreshing and it's i love hearing pop culture he has to say he really is but he never won a title. Why? Well, he played in an era where one guy was winning the majority of the titles. That's why. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, you can look at the AFC six straight trips there from Mahomes, and you can say, wow, you know, he is so head above everyone else that it makes, it makes everyone pale in comparison. And now you go into Baltimore – how good is that Ravens team? That is a team that has been dominant, that has beaten the best teams and has beaten people soundly. And now you can't help but feel like, oh, the Mahomes magic, how is that going to play out against the team that's been the best team in the league for the majority of the year? And you don't say, well, you know, they're in trouble because look at how well built this team is. Look how balanced they are. You say, Ooh, Mahomes magic. This could be yeah. the, this could be you're, the stopping point. You're there.
2: influenced by the past. Yes. You're definitely affected by his presence. And the Ravens also when you talk about what is their, what what how do you explain their magic? It's at the quarterback position, but for some reason you don't have the same expectation that Lamar Jackson is going to automatically do for the Ravens what Patrick Mahomes will do for the Chiefs. Now, it's, it's likely that they're both going to have great games, right. memorable games. But Mahomes has been there before and taken his team to the Super Bowl where he won it. Lamar Jackson, until he does that, I suppose, yeah. there will be that maybe just that little shred of doubt.
1: He's Josh Allen. I wonder how they feel in Buffalo. Uh, I was talking to a guy yesterday who has uh, is, is got roots in Buffalo, and he was saying that just talking to his buddies – you know, they're having an argument whether the quarterback's got to go or whether the coach has to go. But they, they recognize well, that's an easy someone one. has to go.
2: That's I an think. easy one. They need yeah. some changes Keep probably because that's what happens when you you run into the same wall every January and you figure out how, how you're going to clear it next year because the same approach isn't working. Sean McDermott would be the easy one there. I, I don't know that they're going to make a change, though. Because no, I don't think they will. They already would have probably begun that process. Well,
1: I mean – You know, one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game is available and has no job. And I get why, but with the hires yesterday, Mm. two guys hired yesterday, uh, Raheem Morris hired in um, Atlanta. I know he was there as an interim at one point, but Raheem Morris gets that job over Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's amazing. That's, uh, it's just when you think about it's amazing. it, it's kind of a wild story. The problem is Belichick's kind of a unicorn. He's kind of uh what is he? Is he, he's a guy that runs everything. So the owner can talk to him and they can, they can have a good connection, but If you work there, you know Bill's coming. If he's coming in, he's coming in to change whatever he wants.
2: Well, they clearly didn't want to turn over the franchise to him at this stage of his career or his life or whatever. Yeah. So they went young and they passed up a chance to hire a legend and hire the best coach who's ever done it. And crazy, they're not alone, though. That's a no, thing. The, the league
1: has an iron Bill Belichick. Bill
2: Belichick's more likely to end up in a, in a TV studio than he is on the sidelines next year at this point.
1: Oh, at this point, with only two jobs left open, I would say yes. But and, here's the question Does he then sit back and wait a year to get another opportunity, or does this mark Bill gone from New England well, and no one wants him?
2: I think that he would. Take whatever options are available to him if he wants to work in television or in the media, and obviously he would be sitting there waiting for another opportunity. He would be 75 at the point of his comeback. Is what I'm saying? But he also would feel like he's a youthful 75, and there would likely be somebody who would give him a chance. I, I, I am, I think stunned that he has right not gotten a job and only gotten limited interviews and in that we are, are aware of. There could be things going on behind the scenes, but my expectation was when you have somebody as qualified as him, somebody looking for a clue, <laughs> and most teams who are hiring head coaches are in that category, they would have they would have hired Bill Belichick. Pete Carroll, still out there. Mike Vrabel, still out there. It's unbelievable. We railed on the Bears yesterday for an entire show about passing up the chance to upgrade to Jim Harbaugh. There are other... I I'm franchises in the same boat. I'm
1: trying to be over that,
2: by the way. We're over that. I, I we're mean, over we that. Yeah. we had
1: vowed that we'd be mad when it happened. I'm we only referencing
2: mad. it because of what you know yeah. w- what we're talking about. We're not gonna go down that road again. We are, we're past that. We are healing, no, coping, we've, we've and moving got, on. We've gotta let that
1: one we go. we gotta let, go. let or, it go, or boy. We, or we won't be able to do a show again. Let it go. Yeah. So I'm I'm good. I'm glad we got it out. I'm glad we got a chance to kind of <laughs> wonder. Like, what are you doing? Do you really think you're better with what you have here than what you would have had? But what what is interesting is I do know that um, that all the guys that have the jobs they love and are trying to do them will keep their jobs because you didn't go out and you didn't hire a guy that is going to be the biggest personality in the building and is going to, just by his nature, well, oh, I don't need – control of everything but you know what I'm going to control
2: everything. that 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 is a, an impediment for guys like Harbaugh guys like Belichick guys like Pete Carroll the the thing that made them as great as they are as head coaches the the yeah. taking control of every aspect of every day in the life of an organization probably prevents Belichick and Carroll from getting that next opportunity at this stage of their lives right because nobody wants to turn their franchise over apparently to somebody in his 70s who wants to control every aspect of the operation.
1: Well, I, I mean, just imagine if you could that um, you get along with the owner and the owner knows what you're going to do. And then the GM sends his assistant GM in, and then Ryan Pace comes in. Uh, coach, we've decided we're going to keep a third tail back. Get out. No, out. Get out. Get out. I'll tell you what we've decided. Nice hair, but get out. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, it just does. I, but I, but these people are doing their jobs and they're entitled to do their jobs. But <laughs> his presence would threaten everybody working for the owner.
2: Yeah, because everybody feels like they want to justify their, what they're yeah, doing their in their existence. role, yes. and and he would threaten everybody's you know job security. So I don't see the commanders hiring Bill Belichick. I don't see the Seahawks hiring Bill Belichick. I think it's more likely that if something happens with Bill Belichick coaching next year, it will be a stunner. It will be a headline, and it will be a team with the coach who fires him to hire Belichick. But I don't even think that's realistic at this point. No,
1: the the only one I thought that would happen with was in Dallas, and I just thought that that would be, you know, because of Bill's ability and because – you have so many things in place that you can win with there. He could come in and give them the secret recipe. And, you know, you're already halfway home. I don't even know if it would have been a good idea in Atlanta, David. I don't know who the quarterback is going to be there. And um, I don't know if uh, if you want, you know, everyone's, well, you know, Brady won without Bill. But I, fully, Bill never won I, without I understand Brady. what they're doing
2: in Atlanta with Raheem yeah. Morris, though. So. I, I, I do see why that. It seems a little bit um, odd to pass on Belichick, but I do think there's sound logic in their approach with Raheem Morris. You can see why they want to go in that direction.
1: Yeah, I suppose you could, but, I mean, you know, you just look at the credentials, and, you know, it's not a move to win a Super Bowl next year.
2: No, but they're not ready to win a Super Bowl next year. I don't think. And that's the problem with hiring Bill. Because you need to win immediately. And he's not there to develop talent. He's not there to kind of grow over time. You hire a guy at his age, how long is he there? Win now. Right. And so that's why Raheem Morris made sense to the Falcons as they continue to climb. I found it. You know, with the Carolina Panthers, you know, it seems like we just got to know who Dave Canales was when he was calling plays for the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. Right. He ascended quickly, and he, I think he's the guy that took the job in Carolina because he was the guy who was more likely, the most likely to say yes. That's a tough, that's a tough owner to work for. Oh, yeah. And, mean, and those
1: – When is he fired would be the question you have going in. I mean,
2: so he gets two years? Does he get 2 years? He he's the fourth coach I think that uh Dave D- David Tepper is paying right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no,
1: it, it's not it, you know, he's a guy, he's a, he's a younger guy willing to take a job.
2: And it's a good job because it's one of 32. It's a head coaching job for a guy who's never been a head coach. So that by definition yes. I think is a good job. Now, challenges are immense. You're working for a tyrant. You have uh a quarterback that was a big disappointment as a number one overall pick is rookie season. Yeah. But, but if you're an offensive guru, you f- think you can fix it. I'm just surprised they hired that offensive guru. Well, I, I think they hired uh, Dan
1: Morgan before him. So, you know, you're, you're back to kind of, this is almost like a bears ish type of hire where you're hiring a lot of people to do the job for the first time. You're hiring younger people to do jobs you hope they can grow into, but there doesn't seem like a lot of commitment well, there from the owner. I mean, I, I think again, what you're
2: saying is both guys are going to feel beholden to David Tupper, the owner, and we have seen that before in Chicago. Yeah,
1: neither guy is going to actually be carrying his coffin. That's my thought. <laughs> didn't he say he likes to hire
2: people who would give him a eulogy yeah. at his funeral I, unless unless the man uh, Dave, you know Dave suddenly, pretty pretty articulate guy he might be give a pretty good eulogy actually
1: yeah but i i think i think david tepper is just getting going you think i don't, I don't think I don't, the times
2: i don't know i'm not good I at predicting wonder, these things well i, I i'm just, not the grim reaper let,
1: let me say this um you know if you are if you are a billionaire you are more likely to have people working with you on whether it be your health i would I would imagine you're driving around in a car with airbags like you're more likely to survive than not when you 've got the kind of dough that is behind that guy so i I think it, you know this is the problem uh, in america is the problem with health care some people uh die earlier because they don't get the kind of care that you get when you got you think david tepper is going to billions. live
2: longer because he's richer
1: yeah i do okay. i think it helps you live longer because you got all these benefits that people don't understand such as you know you, you you got your own jet your own driver you probably have your own doctor sitting next to you when you want a checkup. <laughs> hey Doc, tell dr bill um I've got a slight scratch in my. Just throat. somebody
2: on call to take your vitals every morning exactly. when you wake up. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. To get your you're uh, probably gonna last your longer supplements and your vitamins. It
1: doesn't mean that there's not stuff out there for you. And, get your, you know, you can
2: your chef to prepare your your balanced well, meals for you. Don't you
1: believe that? I mean, seriously, that makes the, you know. Maybe you yeah. got enough I- dough. I'm not you're gonna, gonna argue live with longer. That. Yeah. Yes.
2: When when your time is up, it's up. I'm not going to argue with
1: that, but I do think that you can extend (laughs) things a little bit longer if you got enough cash. So why is David Tepper
2: worried about a eulogy then?
1: Well, I I think he just referenced it and I'm saying, I don't think that guys, you know, I I think that these guys will be there for a couple of years. I think the coach, if he gets
2: to a third year, it'd be a miracle. He's paying a lot of guys though. Right now, he's paying a lot of Matt Rule and Fr- Frank Reich and toy. Chris Tabor. And he's got it. How toy. many coaches is he paying right now? Those are he's he's keeping a lot of potential pallbearers on retainer.
1: Yeah, I I I'm not trying to be the grim reaper. I'm <laughs> saying that he's going to be okay. All right, the guy's going to be okay. He said he was. Most of the people who work with him are so loyal to him. They love him because he treats everyone so well. They want to say eulogies. So.
2: Canales got a six-year deal? He's going to be paid. Six years for, for a guy that's ne- never been a head coach before? I, I
1: mean... A who, six-year contract? Who's walking in there with a one-year deal? You know, you won't last six months. I mean... Nobody's taking a one-year deal. I'll be the but coaching Grim Reaper.
2: No I, one's going to last in that deal. David job. Tepper's not driving a very hard bargain if he's hiring a first-time head coach from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers off their, uh, the offensive coordinator there, and he's giving him a six-year deal bidding against himself, he, essentially. He knows the division. <laughs> he does know the division. I hope he succeeds, but that's a crazy contract for uh, a franchise that's paying already two coaches just to stay away. And paid two coaches right. to go away.
1: Well, like I said, that guy. You know what's amazing about it? He spent some time with uh, the Roonies, and you look at the way they operate, and you look at he's the way he's a Pittsburgh he operates. guy. Well, he, and he actually—I'm surprised Dave had didn't a little him. taste. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, anyway, the, the the playoff games this weekend look great. I'm looking forward to them, and um, I don't know how to feel. About the Bulls, that was a rough one that was last rough. night. The lake show. And and I don't know that I'm going to watch the Blackhawks again until Connor Bedard comes back because that was a rough one.
2: Too. 19 straight road uh, losses not going good. back to November 9th. I, I hope Nick Costos did not waste his money betting on the Hawks. That was a bad yeah. decision.
1: Well, he he said he wasn't sure he'd do. He wasn't it, sure. I hope I hope but he, he saw one team with a winning streak and another team with a losing streak, and he thought that's kind of.
2: Breaking he's the something. reason why the Oilers have won fifteen in a row. That McDavid kid's pretty and, good,
1: and there's a reason the Blackhawks can't yeah. win on the road.
2: Hawks are really challenged offensively. Shut out again. The the Bulls mm-hmm. didn't play any defense. Le, LeBron James did play and played very well. Both scored a lot of points, but they couldn't stop anybody.
1: And LeBron uh, made his 20th straight all-star game.
2: That's remarkable. Pretty good. It's remarkable that he has had 20 straight seasons playing at an all-star level. You can dislike LeBron James, but you have to have respect for that consistency. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, just LeBron James. Just I, staying you know, healthy. I, I don't know how you really dislike
1: LeBron. Le, uh, LeBron. I, I mean. Well, could,
2: I, I, I certainly don't, but oh, I, no, I think people no. in town do. Um. But I think that it's it's amazing how he has stayed on the court and played at that level. We've got for that period of time. We got
1: all sorts of signals coming from behind the glass here. Do we He's have pointing
0: to Dustin? He doesn't oh, like LeBron.
1: Dustin doesn't
3: like. LeBron. And I was raising my hand while I was being pointed at and looked at by probably six sets of eyes. Yeah. I'm, well, three sets. of I, I eyes. respect the, the difference of
2: opinion, corrected. Dustin, and I will consider it when commenting on LeBron.
1: But I will, I will not consider it in my feelings toward things because it's called ornery. I don't know who you would like. And I often feel like you don't like me very much because I don't always agree with some of your wacky opinions. In a good way, Dustin. Good wacky. Not just insane ramblings of a lunatic. I have never said that.
0: I do want to add this in, too. Y'all, y'all mentioned LeBron James' All-Star Game. Just a real quick one. Jalen Brunson should have made... Starter over Damian Lillard. I just, that's just my. I opinion. agree with that.
2: Yeah, this year. How about Steph Curry not being a
0: starter? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Warriors ain't doing yet. Really I mean, who's he yeah.
3: supposed to start over? He's Steph Curry. What does that mean? Uh, yeah, I don't. What F- know. does that mean? Anthony
0: Edwards should start over Kevin Durant.
3: Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. That's
1: a that's hot take.
0: Year. I mean, the Timberwolves that, are yes. really Settling good does. because hot that's that's
1: take. Good. That's good. I like
2: so the West one. starters are LeBron.
1: Durant uh uh Nikola Jokic yeah Doncic, Joker. uh and um and Shea Gildress Gildress Alexander yeah
2: I I still think that if it's an all-star game Steph would get the nod the guy that changed the game he is you know, no. there's LeBron. There's not as the start
0: Stout. of this about season. This year? Yeah, not as he'll get in. So you He's got Steph Curry.
1: The East All Stars are Giannis, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, who, Tyrese Halliburton, and Dame Lillard.
2: That's so.
1: pretty
3: good. Yeah. If Doc doesn't coach the game, is Kumpo going to show up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, always.
2: Comment. I hope the fans are nice to Luca in that All Star game, or else I'll have him ejected. Boy, has he gotten a little bit sensitive. Uh-huh.
3: Oh, boy. He's almost as soft emotionally as is in the midsection.
2: <laughs> I've been sitting on that one. I see you set you up there, Dustin. Yeah. Nice play. All nice right. He
1: We've got the pick six next. <laughs> we got to get to it. Mully and on the score.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now.
3: What do you make of Debo Samuels' return to the practice field for the San Francisco 49ers? Does it make the Lions upset more likely? How do you explain the running game being a full two yards better from 5'6 when he's in there, three-six without him?
1: Yeah, I think they're less likely to pull off an upset when he's playing. I think this is really good news for San Francisco, and I think that – it's fascinating to look at a guy who's a wide receiver uh, because sometimes he runs the ball. And when he runs the ball, his he has a great ability to gain yards. And, you know, they said he's back at practice and he's doing drills with the wide receivers and drills with the running backs. Those are his two positions, basically. So it makes sense that one of your best runners with the ball uh, helps you when he's running with the ball, it helps you as a threat of him running with the ball when he's on the field. Two yards better? That's pretty extraordinary. That speaks volumes about what he can do. They've got a great running game because, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is is maybe the best running back in the league. And, and he is a touchdown maker, and he can do it. He's like the opposite of... Uh, of Debo, he's the running back who can catch or run, as uh, as opposed to the wide receiver who can catch or run. So it's it's like a positionless attack when those guys are are doing what they do. They can threaten you in a couple different ways, and it's hard to have waves of uh, waves of top players coming at you. So if you like the Niners, I think this is phenomenal news. Debo means a ton to that team. He is a great weapon. Um, Can they win without him? Sure. But if he's on the field, even as a threat, that aids what you're doing because you've got to be aware of
3: him. Absolutely right. It's great news for the 49ers. You have to be aware of him. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a really great start to his season because everybody was so worried about – Debo, And obviously, you've got to have at least one guy and maybe a set of extra eyes on Christian McCaffrey, also known as Hippie Cowboy, here on the Mully and Haw show, thanks to his fine work with the uh, guys over at Flag and Anthem. But, uh, yes, he also blocks his rear end off as part of why those stats, Mully, go up two yards when he's out there on the field. He is definitely someone that appreciates... Uh, getting after it with a defensive back or a safety, depending on who is on him. Now, um, I like the Lions story. I-, I get it. It would be history. But this this could definitely change the, the, the nice little storyline. We'll get to that later.
2: Yeah, Debo Samuel changed the way teams, you know, fill the rosters with wide receivers. What kind of wide receiver are they looking for? You, know, you, have, you see it all over the league now, wide receivers lining up in the backfield. You see it in Dallas with C.D. Lamb. We saw it in Chicago with D.J. Moore. So his presence alone changes the 49er offense. It makes them more uh, versatile. And, and I think it's also related to the personnel. When he's in the field, teams are more likely to go into their nickel defensive packages, and that's an invitation to run the ball and run it well. So the 49ers take advantage of that. The numbers are pretty glaring. I wonder how healthy he is. Returning to the practice field is a good sign. You wonder how compromised he is because it's also something that, you know, was it a fracture? Was it not a fracture? I I don't know how seriously he's injured. But if he's back at practice, that's positive. Uh, It will affect how the Lions prepare. And maybe that's part of the gamesmanship as well. But if he is in play and he is effective and not, Limited because of his health, then that is definitely uh, something that will help Brock Purdy, it will help Christian McCaffrey, and it will help to help that entire 49er offense function
3: at a, at a very high level that it's used to functioning.
0: Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that.
3: That's the voice of Brad Biggs, Biggs Time, 7 a.m. on Mully and Haw. How much did you love Lions D.C.? Aaron Glenn Saying this yesterday,
0: we know exactly who we are. are we the fastest. Are we the most talented. No, we'll bite somebody's face
2: off when we go play them. We'll bite a kneecap too if we have
3: to. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't think that went over his uh, coaching interviews. Uh, does that attitude make a Detroit team even more dangerous? That's why they're
2: here. That's why they have begun. Uh, to look like a team that, that is the class of the NFC North and could be the class of the NFC. That's why they they could be playing in a Super Bowl. This staff is filled with guys like Aaron Glenn, former players that talk that way, that think that way, and give the Lions an edge that probably no other team in the Final Four has. You could say the Ravens are deeper, they're better coached. You could say the, the Chiefs are the defending champions and have the biggest superstar. You can say the 49ers are more complete, but I don't know that there's any team with more passion than the Detroit Lions. And this is what you hear from Aaron Glenn, and this is what you fear if you're a 49er fan looking for, you know, a reason to doubt your team. The Lions are coming in hot, and they believe they can do everything that they described. And because of that, because they have that kind of mentality, that vicious that vicious lion mentality, and it is dangerous.
3: Yeah, they're dangerous. I, I love that kind of talk. I-, I wonder, though, like, did he have to go kneecap again? Could he have gone shin? Could he have gone ankle? Could he have gone backside? I, I Just saying, the coach, you know, Dan Campbell's already got that one kind of wrapped up, right? The, the kneecap thing. He, he kind of owns that. He might even want to trademark that, depending on – if this story continues to uh, go as one David Haw is hoping, but yeah, they have a good, they've, they've got that attitude, you know, us against the world. Nobody likes us. We haven't been there. We haven't done that. This is our time coach, you know, open to the show. It will play in a land field. you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Talk. Um, I, I don't see it as
1: odd that he used the kneecap. I think that's an homage I think that he stood up there and he was talking about their, their mentality and he said, "We'll bite your face off. And then he, it occurred to him that, you know, that's echoing the kneecap or we'll bite a kneecap. I thought it was a very funny comment because I think he was just naturally saying what the mentality of the team was and, and how they're kind of dogs on defense and, and dangerous ones. And then he's, and then it, it kind of – he throws a little homage to the head coach at his opening news conference. I love that they're embracing that, and I love that he came back to it. I, I think that's what made it a very funny remark. Um, but that's a little chilling if you actually think about someone that's willing to bite your face off. <laughs> the kneecap, hey, that's that's kind of silly and that's dumb. Uh, on the way up, we'll bite off your kneecap. But you know, we're going to play you. We're going to we're going to try to bite your face. It's hard to bite anybody when you got a helmet on. I mean, what the hell are you doing? Uh I loved it and I love the fact that they've got all these like ex NFL players as coaches. I think they relate to the guys and they give them that mentality that you have to have in order to succeed in the league. So I loved it. I thought it was really funny. I think they've got personality, and they've, uh, you know, he's absolutely right. Are we the fastest? Are we the most talented? No. But we are, you know, a dangerous group because we're willing to do anything to win. Great comment.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big question. What AFC team coach and QB is getting the least amount of respect heading into the AFC title game on Sunday? Who is the most undervalued, and the most overvalued. Is there a chance the game won't be close?
1: Well, if the game's not close, it means the Ravens have won. Okay? I don't think that Kansas City is going into Baltimore and beating them by a couple scores. I don't think that can happen. So if it is a blowout, I would say probably 90% likely that it's the Ravens blowing out Kansas City. And the Ravens clearly are the less respected team and the team that nobody is looking. You know, Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP, and he's supposed to genuflect before Patrick Mahomes when this game starts. So they've been saying nice things about each other. Um, I, I think people haven't watched enough of the Ravens to understand how good this team is, how complete this team is. Um, Andy Reid gets a, a ton of credit for the offense for the quarterback for the way that uh that they have won uh under him but john harbaugh has been a masterful coach who also has won a super bowl and has been producing good teams for a long time and this is a really good team and the fact is that we look at this game and and this is the number one defense in the nfl and the number two defense in the nfl and and it's You know, in a lot of ways, Spag's defense has been as important, if not more so, to this Kansas City team than the offense. I mean, they got the great player at the quarterback position. They could use help. And if if they're going to drop passes in this game, they're not going to win this game. But he he is capable of leading a team on a scoring drive, talking about Mahomes, every time they get the ball. And that's kind of what he did in Buffalo. Right, they, they punted once in that game, and I think they had a three and out late. But for the most part, that's how they won this game. I don't know that people understand how good this Ravens team has been, and they have beaten all comers. I mean, winning teams, they've beaten them pretty handily. Are they 6-0 and against teams with winning records, and this would make them 7-0? and And of the teams that have done that, 7-0, and they all have won the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, I I mean, there's so much respect for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid that that can't be the answer to this question. It has to be the other Harbaugh and the supposed MVP of this league. Those two guys are getting disrespected, I guess. Are they? I, I,
2: I'm not aware of any disrespect as has been
1: well, shown I'm just them. I'm just
3: answering, the like, yeah. based on the question.
1: I don't think they're getting disrespected, but, but they're not getting the same respect as the others. Right, I, I mean, it's
3: all about yeah. the Chiefs. I mean, everybody talks about the Chiefs, but you make a bunch of great points there, Mully, about what they have done to a lot of other quality teams, that if other teams had done that, if the Chiefs were on the end, here's the thing, if the Chiefs played in the NFC, or if the Chiefs had been eliminated by the Bills, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we would be talking... I think we'd still be talking about Josh Allen. I I, I don't – maybe we might be talking about John Harbaugh, but I think Josh Allen would still get top billing over Lamar Jackson. Right. Uh, But I don't think this game – I think this game is going to be close.
2: Lamar Jackson's on the verge of his second MVP and being talked about in terms of Hall of Fame consideration. I mean, John Harbaugh is considered, like, the most stable coach in the NFL. I thought that if there's anything that could be perceived as disrespectful – our guy Roquan Smith provided it earlier in the week when he talked about Patrick Mahomes. This isn't a graduate-level course. It's like any other course, I think he said. He said he was he's, he puts his pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. Roquan Smith was came the closest to giving anybody any kind of perceived disrespect. And can he back it up? We'll find out. I think Dustin probably hoping that he doesn't. Um, two great teams, two great coaches, Guy, two teams that are hard to um, predict. Like with the Lions, you don't know if the moment will be too big for them. With either one of these teams, you don't have that fear. Ravens are at home, and the Chiefs are comfortable wherever they're playing because it's the AFC Championship game, and this is just what they do. They play until late January. Like their vacations don't start until February. They don't make plans to go to Cancun at the end of this month. So I think it's uh, it's going to be – A very close game will be a blowout. There's always that chance, but I would be shocked if this game didn't come down to the final
0: possession. Sure, there are a lot of questions about the future. Nobody's thought about the future.
3: What is the future of the hoodie? Did Atlanta's hiring of Raheem Morris as head coach make a lot of sense after Bill Belichick had two interviews there? Will Bill be shut down now? right now or is he likely to take one of the two remaining jobs still available that's in Seattle or in Washington will Bill sit out a year I
2: understand Raheem Morris getting a head coaching job and a second opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL and I think he could be a good one so that's almost separate to boy they hired him and they could have hired Bill Belichick I don't know what the relationship is like between Arthur Blank and Bill Belichick, but it could be another example of a rich owner who is very involved in the day-to-day process looking at, do I really want to hire a guy that's going to tell me to stay away and stop meddling, which is what maybe stopped Jerry Jones from going down that road, which maybe stopped Arthur Blank from grasping the obvious. The obvious move is to hire the genius and to let him come in and give you a forensic accounting of everything that you do in your organization and tell you what you're doing wrong and tell you how to get it right. They passed on that, and I don't know why. And I can't believe that there have been eight head coaching openings and Bill Belichick is going to end up in a TV studio. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. Will he sit out a year? He may have to. I don't see the Washington Commanders and I don't see the Seattle Seahawks going down that road as much sense as it it might make and as much as they could justify it. So this is the most baffling question of this offseason in terms of the head coaching carousel, even more confounding than why the Bears did. Uh, We talked about that yesterday.
3: What message is the league sending out? We had this same church, different pew, Brian Urlacher, retired by the league. Brian Urlacher left the Bears. Everybody thought he could still play, and nobody Picked him up. I mean, what? Bill Belichick isn't better than six at least, at least six of the eight guys that are getting to get jobs to be the next head coach. I mean, what? And Bill Bill Belichick all of a sudden is going to be a better football coach by sitting a year out? I don't, I don't think so. So, so clearly, it's all about Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick had nothing to do with it, and he just sat there shotgun. That that's what the league is telling us. You know know to be a great story, David. Since you're all about the stories, and I am too. By the way, I'm not. This isn't me just poking back at you and having some fun. How about how about Bill Belichick and going to Navy, like Bill Belichick going to Navy and making like Navy a legit college football program? I got a
2: better one for you. How cool would that be? How about Bill Belichick going to the Premier Lacrosse League, the PLL? Because he is such a lacrosse fan. That's a story.
3: I I mean, lacrosse is very popular and looks like a very difficult sport. But at least here, nobody cares. (laughs) Okay. So,
1: you know, say what you want about Bill Belichick and uh, the quarterback, whatever you're proposing. If you put together the best coaches in in the history of the league, he's on that list. It, you know, he's not only one of the great assistants in the history of the league. He's the guy that put together game plans, Super Bowl winning game plans called Buffalo. Um, he, he also won six on his own. And not obviously on his own. He had different people with him. And, and Tom is the guy. So, you know, you think about Tom Brady's career. Does he have that career? if he doesn't have Bill Belichick starting it and teaching him all the things. And then by the time he gets to Tampa, he knows how to win. He has the confidence in, in what you're doing, et cetera. Um, great player and certainly a phenomenal career, one of the all-timers. But Bill Belichick stands alone uh, in this generation of coaches. He is getting older. He is 74. And if he sits out, he'll be 75 and trying to come back in if that's what he wishes to do. And I think he's, what, 25 games away, 30 games from being the all-time winningest head coach. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. I I think, Dustin, the reason you wouldn't want him uh, brought in to try to build up a team is because he's, um, he's never really been a recruiter. His personality is such that some people might be turned off by it. Um, he kind of needs a pre-established team that someone has put together, and then he just comes in and finishes it off. That's kind of what you'd be looking for with a guy like Bill Belichick. I, I I still have nothing but respect for him and his career, and I think that, you know, were this five years ago, ten years ago. He'd be hired in a second. People would be giving up draft picks to try to get him. And um, he's, just, he's just an older man now, and um, people look at it and they see it's a three-year plan. And uh, when you're 75, I mean, I guess the only job after three years you're eligible for is president.
0: Oh, my God, what a question. What a question.
3: What do you think of the Bulls late Thursday night in L.A. against the Lakers? How seriously do you take the athletics report that the Pistons and Bulls have talked about the parameters of a deal involving Zach Levine?
1: I, I got to tell you, man. I mean, the, the Bulls were awful last night. They didn't play a lick of defense, and and they didn't shut down uh, the three-point shot, let alone make any themselves. So, And they turned the ball. It was just a bad game. The Bulls were bad. Um, but I look at this, and the Bulls are in NBA hell. Um, we talked to Kendall Gill yesterday. He said he didn't think they were going to make any kind of deals. You know why? I, and, and, I mean, he didn't say this, but I believe. They overvalue their players. They think that they're worth more than they are, and they want to win big in a trade, even with a guy like Zach Levine who is, is going the wrong way. But let me ask you this. If the right deal was there, um, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, uh, Vooch, um, Caruso, Andre Drummond, rumored to be going to the Lakers. I, I, you just start adding up all the names of guys on this roster. Who, who wouldn't you trade? And they need draft picks moving forward, and they don't have them and they are they're in NBA hell. They're they're good enough to kind of think they can get to the play-in playoffs and yet they can't really pull off a deal because they like their guys more than other teams do. That's just the worst position to be in in the league.
3: I can't wait to see Max Levine exit stage left.
2: That's just mean. That's just mean.
3: Both actually
2: played pretty good offensive basketball last night. They shot well, but they turned it over too many times, and they didn't play a defense, as you mm-hmm. said. Lakers 61% from the field. They hit 23s, and they shot 65% from three-point range. LeBron and AD, they did play, and they did play well. D'Angelo I mean, De, Russell was really good, so that's that's a problem, and the Bulls are having a hard time on this road trip. And it may not get any better, even though they're going to Portland. Who knows what kind of shape they're going to be in Sunday. So that was a tough game to watch if you stayed up to watch it. It was not worth it. The Lakers had four people, four players with 20 or more points. The rumors with Detroit and the Pistons, interesting because Cade Cunningham is not going to be part of that. Uh, Ivy's not going to be part of that. None of the players that you might want would be part of that. That would be the definition of salary dump. And... You could see the Bulls engaging in that possibility, but I don't know where the rumor's coming from. It's a little bit of a surprise in the Eastern Conference. Also, maybe it's a way to try to jumpstart trade talks with the Lakers who might be interested, or the Kings, or somebody out West. The trade rumor that was most kind of like, oh, my goodness, Alex Caruso to the Bucks would be something that would be very difficult to watch because – Doc Rivers would find a way to get the most out of him, and we would see him on a more regular basis, and seeing him do that for another team would be tough. But I don't think the Bulls are going to probably do anything at the deadline. I'm in agreement with Kendall Gill in thinking that they're going to just stay dormant and run in place.
0: Get into baseball questions.
3: Yes, sir. That's Steve Stone. He'll be here 9 o'clock with Mully and Haw. All right, what did you think of the White Sox naming John Schifrin – the new game's new play-by-play announcer for television and the first impression he made Thursday afternoon here on The Score with the Parkinson Spiegel Show.
0: First off, like, I'm going to bring the heat. Like, I'm bringing the energy. Like, as soon as there's a crazy play or anything, you are going to hear it. You're going to feel it.
3: All right, guys, your impression of the new TV voice of the Chicago White Sox.
2: I thought he had good energy. I thought he had good enthusiasm. John Schriffin is going to be somebody that is going to bring it each and every day. Each and every game. He's committed. He has an opportunity of a lifetime. He's aware of that. He seems humble enough to grasp that. There's not going to be any drama. There's not going to be any no-nonsense. He's just going to call baseball games. And I think that his rapport with Steve Stone will be important. We'll hear from Stoney at 9 o'clock. But early results are Stoney's very high on the young man who's 39. Said he has a special personality. And this has been a good week for Sox News from the – ideas about the stadium in the South Loop to hiring a broadcaster that's projecting enthusiasm, happy to be there, going to be there every game. This is a good thing for the White Sox. Looking forward to hearing more about John Schreffen.
3: The only issue I have, and he seems very nice, ton of energy, is the whole, well, I'm looking for Chicago to tell me about Chicago. That, that doesn't necessarily sit well with me. Like, Do your homework do your homework don't don't you know Chicago likes people from Chicago or at least with a knowledge of Chicago doing their Chicago sports case in point
1: yeah I'm, I I think he wants some restaurant recommendations I think that's fair you know help go go to out. eater
3: go to eater.com okay. I know it's Shane and Shane's meats and all that but go to eater.com
1: um I I you know it's interesting because this is like the unmet friend you know, I'm going to watch these games with this guy. We're going to be sitting together in my living room talking it over, and, uh, and he's going to get there early and get the information and fill me in. And uh, he understands that the priority for Jerry Reinsdorf is a guy who is fully committed on doing all of the games for the Chicago White Sox. Um, he talked about that. It, it, uh, it, in a, was it a Zoom call? I don't know if you talked about it here on the station. I, I He's a young guy with a lot of enthusiasm and a positive upside, and I'm I'm going to be watching the games with him, so I will be going in wanting to hear him do well. I'll be cheering for him so that I do like him, and he is someone that can uh, can I can enjoy it during a broadcast. I like that idea. Um, I don't know that I need – Anybody to go out of their way? I don't. I don't want to be over entertained. I just want to talk about baseball, do the game, uh, let Steve Stone talk about the game of baseball. I, I think a broadcast is um, an important thing because if you're a fan of that team and you're going to be watching the game with someone, even if it's even if you're not necessarily a fan of the team, the broadcast is very important, and you want. Someone to be able to knowledgeably tell you what they're seeing and um, and kind of pull that information out of Steve. And I, I think um, I think it's good. I'm I'm glad there were a couple of guys up for that job that I would have preferred because I know them. But I'm more than willing to to see how this unfolds. And this guy has my support as he starts. All right. That is the pick six. We do have the extra point. We'll get to that next. Mully and Haw on the
3: score. Set up this extra point.
0: It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score.
3: What is your pick for the AFC Championship game with a score? And what is your pick for the NFC Championship game with a score?
2: Okay, so I've been thinking about this one for a while because I was all on the Ravens pretty much going into the playoffs and seeing how they handled themselves at the first uh, shaking off the rust. And Lamar Jackson is playing at a level that is MVP caliber, and I do like John Harbaugh. But we are in the midst of greatness, and Patrick Mahomes is that guy. He is the Michael Jordan of this era in the NFL. He is the guy that can will his team to win games they probably shouldn't win and playing at Baltimore for the first time in a, in a championship game in, in 53 years in that stadium, it, this shouldn't be his time, but he's going to make it his moment. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will do enough to beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and I think it will be the Chiefs 27, Ravens 23. Sorry, Roquan Smith, your season's over. He isn't like every other quarterback. He doesn't put his pants on one leg at a time. He is special and extraordinary, and he will be the difference. He is Patrick Mahomes. In the NFC, I think Brock Purdy, I don't know if he's more likely to throw three touchdowns or three interceptions. I have lost a little confidence in him. I do wonder (laughs) if you had to answer that question, which it would be. But I do think that the 49ers had their scare. They escaped the Packers. And I think that the Lions' this moment might be a little too big for them right now. They referenced that this week, and I'm not sure that that, a team that plays with that kind of emotion, it will carry them into the second half, and it will be close. But I do think the 49ers and that steadiness and that experience and that talent and depth will prevail. Purdy avoids disaster. Hippie Cowboy moves on. 49ers 31, Lions 24.
3: Ooh, a lot of points in that game. David's way over the posted total right now of 52 per the guys over at Circus Sports Illinois. Well, when we originally got this uh, bracket, I picked Chiefs 49ers playing in Vegas. I'm going to stick to Chiefs 49ers playing in Vegas. Um, Chiefs 28, Ravens 24 is my prediction. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be the man. Isaiah Pacheco is not going to be able to run the ball against the Ravens like he was able to run the ball against the Bills. So 28 to 24, Chiefs. 49ers, they've lost two years running in this game. Mm. They, 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 they want to get over the hump for sure. Purdy is probably the Achilles heel of this team right now, but Debo being back really helps, in my opinion. I've got that game, 24-21 49ers. But, but, from a gambling standpoint, I am going with the Thursday night opener teaser. Chiefs plus 10, Lions plus 13. Moving the line six points. How does that lose? How does that lose? Chiefs plus 10, Lions plus 13. There's your two-team teaser for Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah, I I I like it. I don't think. Uh, look, I, I I would love to see the Chiefs win. I think it'd be hilarious, just the Mahomes tributes and uh, Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But I don't think they're going to get there. I think that um, it's going to be thirty-one to twenty-one uh, to the. the Ravens I think this isn't going to be as hard a game as it uh, would appear to be and I just think the Ravens are a really good team and I think that they're gonna get ahead in this game and as much as Mahomes is a great player who's in every game I just think they've had some serious problems all year long with catching the football and with uh, not having enough in the uh, In the passing game, so I would concentrate on trying to make sure that uh, the tight end doesn 't meet his moment and um and then I would let the other guys do what they 've done all year long, which is is um, not make the play so i I think that's the more lopsided of the two games um, I also think, and I know this is bad, but this is what I believe that Dan Campbell is going to he's going to try some fourth down play or he's going to he's going to try to win the game instead of staying in the game and i think that they're going to lose the game as a result of a bad you know play fake whatever a bad fourth down projection something like that they're going to do something late to lose the game so i will go with a 24 uh, 21 victory um i think the um i think that purdy is gonna throw three touchdown passes
2: okay and 49ers beat the lions by three because of brock purdy
1: because brock purdy has a good game
2: yeah well the now if it's gonna rain then maybe i gotta reassess (laughs) all that it shouldn't though he shouldn't factor into the outcome i
1: just think they've been there before and he got hurt and this time You know, it's a big deal to have home field, and I I think it's going to catch up to Detroit, sadly.
2: Yeah, I think that Brock Purdy is the key to this game for both teams. He may be the most impactful guy. If he's bad, they lose. The Lions can take advantage. If he's efficient, they win and move on.
1: Yeah, I I mean, listen, I I would love to see – De- Detroit against Kansas City. I just think it's going to go the other way. I think it's the, you know, the fact that you got home field, the fact you got the extra day off. I think all that stuff means that those teams are now, you know, you, as you said, you kind of had your scare with uh, with the, the yep. um, with Green Bay, and now they're going to win the game. All right, we'll find out and it should be fun we'll see what the Super Bowl is going to look like we could talk about it on Monday three one two 644 67 67 interested in your opinion if you have a strong one on the championship games please tell us why and uh and share with us what's going to win and we'll talk about anything that we talked about in the uh in the pick six it's three one two 644 67 67 mullion he puts his pants on just like any any other quarterback. Yes, he's an elite quarterback, but at the end of the day, we're an elite defense, and that's that's our job to stop the opposing offense. And that's what we're, that's our job, play in and play out, and that's what we got to do. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven of the score. That's Roquan Smith. He is a stud linebacker for the Ravens and the. AFC championship game, and he's talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yeah, he's big Big talk. That's big talk. Patrick Mahomes is not normal. He is not ordinary. He's not like everybody else. But I do like Roquan Smith's confidence. He's got to have it. He plays with it, and he's having himself an all-pro season. Good for him. So he's the ex bear on the Ravens, that is the most obvious. The other X-Bears in this the X bear factor in okay. the final four. All right. All right. Roquan Smith with the Ravens. Pretty good player. Pretty big impact player. David Montgomery with the Lions.
1: Uh, solid running back moving forward. You know, not the splash play guy. They have him behind him uh, in in Gibbs, but I, I, I Complimentary got a lot of back. time from Yeah, he's a, he's a starter got steady. a lot of
2: time from him. Payshon Gibson with the 49ers. Was here for a cup of coffee, but still an ex-Bear in the NFC Championship game.
1: Okay. Not, there's
2: not really anybody uh, on that 49er roster that qualifies as maybe it, you, somebody you would remember or spent considerable time with the Bears. Tayshaun right. hey, Gibson's a steady starter for the 49er secondary. Sure. And the, right. the, the Chiefs, I mean, Matt Nagy is the most obvious ex-Bear factor.
1: Yeah, well, that's why I'm taking Baltimore. I know, right, okay. Can I rethink my pick? That was a joke.
2: But the ex-bear factor is always fun to look at. Like who who do you remember and what are your memories? Most of them with Roquan Smith, fond ones. He was a very good bear. Oh yeah, good enough to where a lot of people wanted to keep him. I know not everybody in this uh, on this show did necessarily Dustin, but I think that he was a very good bear, first round draft pick who panned out. When you look at when you look at a guy like Montgomery. You wondered at the time when they let him go, and I think a lot of responsibility was placed at the feet of Ryan Poles, but, Molly, we, we kind of – I'm speaking for myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. I scoffed at the idea that David Montgomery would want to go to Detroit. That well. he, he would want to be part of that because the money was similar, but he wanted to get out of Chicago, a place that had been pretty good for him, to him. He was a third-round draft pick. He got a first-round treatment.
1: I – you- I think that's wild that he wanted out of here, and I think that we did not give that enough oxygen at the time.
2: I I think it deserves a little bit. I agree, just because he made the right choice. And well, it
1: certainly looks as if he did.
2: This given. this culture that has been celebrated was one that David Montgomery wanted no part of, mm. and if he was weighing one offer against the other, because I can remember criticizing, veiled criticism or mild criticism of Ryan Poles for not for not anteing up or making him the offer. And it was made clear to me by several different people that, you know what? The money was there. He just wanted to go play for the lions. Okay. Is that better? Um, (laughs) or is that worse? No, no, that's not better. (laughs) He made the right choice. That's
1: kind of embarrassing. He's an easy guy to root for though, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think he's a good guy. I think we all kind of liked him and thought well of him and, um, uh, it's, it's a difficult one um, because it's not like they got better at that position.
2: It's not like they did. Mm-hmm. They missed him. Now, you can make the argument, would they have drafted Roshan Johnson without – if they, had, they still had David Montgomery? Probably not, but Roshan Johnson had a good rookie season, but I don't think it was overwhelming or it made you say wow as often as you thought. Khalil Herbert, eh. it's Deontay Foreman he disappeared so the running game wasn't necessarily bad it wasn't great but something happened with him Deontay Foreman oh yeah we'll we'll, maybe we should
1: ask Biggs about that we're going to talk to him next um that he had a cryptic tweet or two and he he didn't even, they didn't even address him. They didn't even bother with him. We never even heard his name. <laughs> he, it, did was, it, he, he did not. He kind of disappeared. Yes, something must have happened, and yeah, they're not going to bring him back. They
2: ignored that. him at the beginning of the season. Yes, they did. And he ignored them at the end of the season. In between, he was pretty serviceable. <laughs> Texter, yeah. Texter points out, yeah. remember Kindle Vildor? Um, yes, he's somewhere. He's Where with the he, Lions.
1: Lions, yeah. That's another Bear factor. Another guy played a long time. Uh, he, he was with the Bears as a the, starting quarterback. Well, the, I was going to say the Bears gave him playing time, and and you know, bad years. Bears not great. They're they're hopefully improving, but they gave him playing time. They did. When you invest in yeah. someone, if even if it's just playing time, that
2: that's an investment. It is an investment. I, I never really got a good read on Kendall.
1: Yeah, well, he was he was a, you know. I mean, I don't think you're sitting here now like. Damn it. How did they let him go? I know. But know. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Deon Bush funny, is on the Chiefs. That's a funny Kindle joke. Sorry. Right. I know that's what you Deion Bush. For.
2: Remember Dion Bush? He's on
1: the Chiefs. I do remember Dion Bush. Yeah. All right. Again, there are going to be guys that bounce all over the league, right? But he's not a star on that team. No, he's
2: not. No. He's a special teamer, a rank and file player.
1: Right. There, you need rank You need guys players. like
2: that.
0: Sam Mustafer.
2: Ravens. Oh my gosh. Sam Mustafer.
1: Well, now that's a guy you could have used this year.
2: Probably could have used him.
1: Yeah. That was a bad decision on their part.
2: Mhm. Thank you, Brandon. I did that's not a good even one. think about all my attention paid to Roquan Smith and what the Bears lost out on trading him made me overlook Sam Mustafa. Sam
1: Mustfer like knew where you're supposed to. He he knew the game very well. He was a really I get it. People didn't think he was, you know, a great center or a guy that uh, but he knew everything he was supposed to know. Yes, it was a smart that, offensive that is lineman. That's a very valuable commodity to have, especially when you think about how that how they lined up at that position, how it went this year.
2: Also, local guy, not an ex Bear, but Nick Allegretti making a start for the Chiefs, I think, because of an injury.
1: Yes, they their Pro Bowl uh, guard
2: is down. Yes, and
1: he came in in that game, and I who was I watching it? Someone had comments on the all 22 and they showed him really locking the hell out of it did a great job filling in and he's
2: gonna have a big opportunity
1: we've downplayed that a little bit because he's a competent backup and a guy who used to start there and you feel good about him coming in but he's replacing a really good player
2: he really is and that chief offensive line you you look at their ability to protect Patrick Mahomes this weekend as a big factor but even if they don't, you, find, you figure that Mahomes will find a way to get rid of the football, left or right-handed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a problem. All right, we got Bigsy joining us next. We'll ask him, what's to learn here? The Lions only started playing well at the end of the year. Did the Bears do that, or did that Green Bay loss kind of erase that idea? We'll, uh, we'll have Big's time next. Mullion Hall on the score.